Hello there. Diaries on May the 4th. Hope you guys are having a great one. I'm your host, Nick Einsman, joined as always by my co-host and cousin, Rich Deruvo. How's it going? May the 4th be with everyone. And also with you. So we have a really fun uh, episode written out for you guys today. Um, Rich and I are going to compare our top 10 Star Wars moments. They could be very similar. They could be vastly different. So I say we we just jump right into it. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely excited. And the thing about this episode is that, um, you know, what I want to make clear is that we're choosing our top 10 favorite moments, you know, not what we think are the best moments in Star Wars, but moments that we ourselves are, you know, particular to for whatever personal reason or or whatever. So this is in no way like a... Um, the best. Yeah, the, the best, best scenes in Star Wars <laughs> or something like that. These are literally moments that, you know, like get us every time or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I mean, there's a there's a few on here that I, you know, without going into too much detail right now, a few on here that I vividly remember seeing in theaters or, you know, watching for the first time on VHS. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, without further ado, Rich, what is your number 10 favorite moment? Okay. This is, I think, going to be a little bit of a shock to uh, anyone who knows me and my fandom. So uh, number 10, Star Wars, episode two, Anakin leaving the Lars homestead to go hunt down the Tusken Raiders. Ooh. This scene, like this, this part for me is like, there's something about the music. And I think it's like one of the like better delivered moments in episode two because there's not many of them <laughs> but um, oh, <laughs> there's something about like the, the the music and him like staring off into the distance anakin staring off into the distance and he knows like shit's about to hit the fan i think he knows he's gonna go do something that he shouldn't be doing and that it's gonna get ugly and then padme comes out and you know he tells her you know, stay here with these people who he doesn't even know. Yeah. Yeah, They're good people. He doesn't even know that really. It just goes to show how he desperate he is to go save his mom, you know, and, um, and his whole like tone is different. His whole demeanor is different. And, you know, as he's like, you know, walking away, you know, he says to her, you know, I'll be back soon, which is like, so, like badass like he knows he's so confident in like his ability that he's like (laughs) you know he knows he knows he's coming back he knows he's about to just leave and like wreck shop and you know i'll be back soon you know there's just something about that scene that i think is like it's i don't know it's just so it's the beginning of his you know his descent into the downward spiral yep and it's almost like he's making that conscious decision he's staring off thinking about it you know, he knows something's gonna, something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I've spent, you know, the past 17 hours watching, uh, Star Wars films, everything from the prequels up until, uh, solo. I didn't watch any of the sequels. Um, you know, just cause I've seen them within recent time, but my top 10 is, is a little bit of a cop or, you know, my number 10 is a little bit of a cop out. Um, the crawl, Anytime I see it, I just get like instant flashbacks, like mm. us being at the theater as kids, you know, like yeah. 
going to see Revenge of the Sith together, like going to see, you know, Attack of the Clones, you know, the second or third time together. It's just anytime I see it, you know, the the hair on the back of my neck stands up, you know, I'm almost transported back into that that mass feeling of nostalgia, you know, and I, I get it, you know, it's, it's such a influential thing, not even just in the Star Wars universe, but in cinematic universe, everyone knows the Star Wars crawls, you know, yeah. it wouldn't be a Skywalker saga Star Wars film without the crawl, but that's, you know, 16 hour or 12 hours of just straight prequels and, and original trilogy. Yeah. You get nothing uh, but crawl. I, yeah. I, uh, I definitely, see where you're coming from with that. I mean, it's kind of like every single time that the crawl starts and the music blares, it's like, takes you to a uh, happy place. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like oh, almost immediately. Like even when I just hear the, the opening theme, uh, even like the just being played, you know, wherever it just, you know, a smile comes across my face. So mm-hmm. definitely the crawl, you know, one of, one of my favorite things about or one of my favorite star Wars moments. All right, let's move down the list. Number nine. Uh, so number nine is probably another surprising one, um, from me, but episode nine, uh, Ben solo talking to Han Solo's memory. Really? Uh, yeah. There's, there's something about from the first time I saw this, uh, scene that like hits home, with me, you know, um, the, the first time I saw it, you know, I think, you know, I thought about, you know, people that I, you know, I have lost in my life and you, you know, everybody who has like lost somebody in their life has that moment or those moments when they are at a crossroads or something. And they're thinking about somebody who has had influence over their life. And if you know that person well enough, you could almost have a conversation in your head as if they were there with you, you know, and that's what Ben is is doing with his dad. You know, like he knows his dad so well, even with everything that's happened that he knows what his dad would say if he were there. And the way that they take the conversation from episode seven and Ben, you know, is saying the same lines from seven, but Han's um, um, responses are different. Like it's just almost like Ben has been playing this conversation over in and his over head, and, yeah, over yeah. and over and over, and thinking of how it could have gone different. And this was the defining moment where he's like, "This is actually what the conversation would have been." And every time I see the scene, I just uh, like it just you know like hits home for me. You know, a lot of times, um, you know, I'll think about um, my dad or my grandpa or my sister, and you know, people that are no longer here that you know you think, what should I be doing in this situation I'm in? You know, and you think about, you know, what would this person say? And and you could almost have that conversation in your head, just like he's having. It's just a moment that like I was able to relate to, um, in like a a huge way. And it's like one of the moments in the sequel trilogy, I think that is, uh, you know, has so much emotional weight, which I think, was lacking in, in this, in the sequel trilogy. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, you know, we actually saw uh, rise of Skywalker together. Uh, all yep. of us went to the, the theater and I, night, I yep. vividly remember that scene. You know, it's, I actually haven't watched that uh, since it was released. It's like the one that I kind of have been putting off, not because it's, you know, the, the hatred for the sequel movies. It's just, 
the way that things were wrapped up, you know, with three BO's line of taking one last look at my friends or mm-hmm. taking one last look, sir, at my friends, you know, that kind of hit, you know, we, it's, it's one of those things that like, there was a lot of emotional weight being thrown around in that movie. And, and you know, the Ben Solo scene alone was easily one of the best scenes to come out of the sequel. So I, I couldn't agree more that that's, you know, a very high standing moment in the Star Wars series or the, the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. So, very nice. All right. Well, moving along to, uh, to my number nine, um, Battle of Hoth. So here, you know, I know a lot of people love Empire uh, Strikes Back. Obviously, one of the best Star Wars movies ever made, if not the, the best. best Star Wars. Yep. Movie. Um, but it's not just so much for the, you know, like the the ATATs or anything like that. I love the snow speeder. It's one of my favorite uh, ships used in the Star Wars universe. Um, it's one of those things that, like, you, obviously, it was the second film in the entire Star Wars. Tri- uh, you know, universally, so you only saw X-Wings, you only saw TIE Fighters, and you really only saw the the speeder that Luke used, and then the Millennium Falcon. So this was my first, like, non-story-heavy ship that was unique. It didn't look like right. anything else that we had saw. You don't see it again after. Yeah, exactly. You see it once, and then it's it. Um, and I remember this more so because, hey, that was one of the first toys that I had of Star Wars. I had mm. that, and then I had a, uh, like a Simon Says Millennium Falcon. <laughs> and I would just remember like thinking... I remember we, that. Do you remember that? Yeah. It yeah. had like the red buttons that yeah. would glow. Yeah. And we, oh my God, yes. So, I remember that. We would play with that all the all time. The time. so boring. It was so boring, <laughs> but we loved it. We yeah. had a blast with it. So, you know, the, the snow speeder really holds a, uh, a special, special place in my heart because it is, again, it's one of those ships that I was just enthralled by as a kid like i couldn't i couldn't take my eyes off of it like most of the star wars drawings that i had were of the snow speeder like you know you it's it's unique to my in my opinion it's it's you haven't seen a ship like that since we're not doesn't like have wings yeah it doesn't have wings like it's so small but yet they can take out like these massive like at-ats you know and it's just like it was so cool just to to have one of these like and even in the, the toy, it was smaller than the X-Wing. Like, it was obviously smaller than the Falcon. Like, I think the only thing that it was even remotely close to in size was, like, just a standard TIE fighter. So it was just this cool little ship that, like, I would run around the house with. And then I think, like, either it got stolen by, like, one of my <laughs> friends or, like, I don't know. I used to do this thing where I would, like, bury my toys in this sand pile next to my house. And I think when, like, my parents got divorced, like... I left it there. So long story short, yeah, I, I haven't had this like ship, but it, it's one of those things that like held such a <laughs> such a weight. So that that's my number nine would be Battle of Hoth and like seeing the snow speeders for the first time. All right. I yeah. think a lot of people, that's like their favorite sequence in that not only in that movie, but um, in, in the whole, general, the yeah. whole yeah, in general. A lot of people love the Battle of Hoth. Oh yeah. All right, Rich, number eight. Number eight for me is uh, A New Hope, the twin sons setting when Luke is standing on the ridge and just looking out at those, um, you know, iconic twin sons setting on the horizon and just like longing for something else, longing for adventure, you know, like that scene from when I was a kid, even before the twin sons became like 
iconic in each trilogy. It was, you know, like every kid at one point, you know, especially when they hit like adolescence has that feeling of like wanting something bigger, greater, wanting to go off on some adventure, uh, be part of something bigger. And for Luke, you know, it was wanting to, um, you know, get off his uncle's farm and, uh, and do something more with his life. And, um, you know, everybody I think has that moment, you know, maybe multiple times in their life and him looking off, just looking at those twin sons and the, the music playing and it's just, there's no words to that scene and there doesn't really like have to be, you know, everything he's feeling and thinking in his head without right. there be- needing to be any type of exposition. Yeah. Because like you said, it's something that you felt at one point in your life, you know, and it's, I don't even think the scene is more than 15 <laughs> seconds, but it, like you said, mm-hmm. it is one of those now iconic scenes yeah. that is throughout the entire Skywalker saga. Um, so that's that's a really good one. I definitely uh, didn't really think. Now, while while I was watching it, I'm like, man, that's a cool shot. But it's I can definitely see how other people and like most people really relate to that scene. Nice. All right. So number eight for me. Um, I'm gonna get a lot of flag for this. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, but oh I loved Solo. I know that you loved it, so I'm not worried yeah. about you giving me flag. Um, I loved Solo. I had a blast from start to finish with this movie. Yep. Not saying that the scene sold the movie for me, but... Mm-hmm. I know what you're going to say. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, seeing Maul in Solo was one of the coolest payoffs for me. Um, <laughs> and I think like it mostly has to do with just like seeing him with his robotic legs and just like seeing him in full crime syndicate boss mode and just like finally being back on screen being voiced by the same voice actor who voices him in clone wars which always always escapes me was like huge because i remember yeah because i remember seeing him you know in 1999 on the big screen you know i remember Mm. or like even i think that was the first dvd that we owned like i'm pretty i have like a very very vivid memory of like my dad coming home with a dvd like player and I'm fairly certain we had Phantom Menace within like a week of us owning that DVD player. Yeah. So, you know, like that scene very much like it, it held, hold held, it holds a lot of weight for me because like it's, it's something that immediately brings me back. And like, you know, yeah, it's one of my earliest childhood or earliest star Wars memories besides seeing the re-release of the original yeah. trilogy. So yeah. that well brought back a character that was like a huge part of your childhood. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I have a lot of friends who didn't watch the Clone Wars and, you know, didn't watch Rebels. And they're like, well, how is Maul back? And like, you get to have that awesome moment of like explaining it. So now, like, this is why yeah. he has robot legs. Cause obviously, yeah. last time you saw him, like, he was chopped <laughs> in half, you know? Um, so that, that scene was, was huge for me. Um, yeah. I, I remember when, in the theater when, when we saw that and I was sitting in between Joe and Tom and I like threw a shit fit. Like I started freaking out and I was like hitting both of them and like making like the bit, like freaking out in my seat. And the two of them were just like, you know, trying not to, to laugh. And yeah. <laughs> I was just like freaking out. I'm like hitting them, punching them in the arm, like, you know, just having like a major conniption. It was just like awesome. Oh, and, yeah. uh, yeah, oh, yeah. No, you can. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That's a, it's a great. I can definitely see why it is in a top ten moment 
for anybody. Oh yeah. What about uh? So number seven, moving right along. What's uh? What's your number seven moment? Number seven is uh, Empire Strikes Back, which is my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, when Luke pulls the lightsaber out of the snow in the Wampa Cave, um, there's you know something about that scene where he's like you know he's hanging there he's defenseless and you're like oh man what what is he gonna do now you know we're it's only a few minutes after we are first reintroduced to him from a new hope and you don't know how is he gonna get out of this like he's literally stuck hanging from the ceiling and the wampa gets up and starts moving towards him and you're like you know if he can't figure out how to get out of this he's he's gonna die (laughs) yeah and like you see him like start you know he's reaching for the lightsaber he's reaching for it he can't reach it and then he just closes his eyes starts to like focus and and relax and the music starts and then you're like what is he doing like you know you see a hundred times you know what he's doing but like i remember as a kid being like you know I remember seeing it the first time as a kid and being like, what is he doing? And then like the lightsaber starts to shake and you're like, wait, what? You know? And like the first time you see it, you know, like some, so much of this stuff in Star Wars, like we're so used to, but like when you think about the first time, like you don't, when empire comes, you don't realize that like the force grants you telekinesis. Yeah. That's not in a new hope. So you're like, what is he doing? And then like, you see the lightsaber start to shake and you're like, what what is going what? on yeah <laughs> yeah like are you serious you know what i mean and like it starts to starts to vibrate even more and then all of a sudden it's like and just shoots into his hand and you're like what the fuck like you freak <laughs> like i remember being a kid and i remember seeing that scene for like the first time and being like what is happening and then like how is he doing uh, this yeah yeah what what is he doing you know and then it's the lightsaber starts to move and you're like holy crap like you can do this with the force you know what, what and, can't you do with the force you know <laughs> yeah exactly and then like you're you know and it's, and beyond that it shows that like he's been you know in the couple of years between the last movie he with the limited knowledge he got from obi-wan he's been you know he's been training yeah training right. trying to figure things out and he still like struggles greatly just to pull the lightsaber out of the uh out of the snow but it's definitely one of my you know favorite moments which it's uh you know number seven for me yeah no i mean that's definitely uh, an iconic moment because like you said we don't really see the force being used to that extent in a new hope you know so Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of people that were seeing this movie in theaters for the first time were just mind blown you know, and I can only imagine like people walking into the theater, like pretending to use the force and like having their friends like throw them something. You know, it, it's just one of those things that like it's I think now we take it for granted, but it really exactly like it. You know, I, it's a huge moment. Exactly. It, it's it's an iconic moment and it's obviously holds a lot of weight for a lot of different people. But it's funny that your number seven was Empire Strikes Back because my number seven is also from Empire Strikes Back. Um, so it has to do with everyone's uh, lovable, annoying droid, C-3PO. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's when Chewie finds 3PO dismantled in the chop shop. Um, <laughs> here, now, obviously, 3PO gets a lot of flack. For the most part, he's, you know, you really don't pay him any mind. He really doesn't do anything that's important um you know he just (laughs) kind of there (laughs) like he just he like makes ill-timed not even jokes he's just that oblivious to what's going on and like can't read a room because he's a droid (laughs) 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 but like 
just every time I see it, I just feel so bad for Chewie, who constantly <laughs> like either is just pushing three PO out of the way or just like mad that him and R two are beating him in hollow chest. Like regardless, it's just the scene where him just like holding three PO's head and <laughs> just like bringing him back to like. Han and Leia in a bag, like a little mesh bag. In that box. Yeah, Yeah. it's just like, it's such a funny moment, but it's also like really sad because for (laughs) Chewie, like he's one of the- Chewie likes him. Yeah, Chewie likes him. He's one of the few (laughs) people that can understand what the hell Chewie's saying outside of Han. Yeah, probably. Actually, I never like thought of that. Han understands him, but 3PO probably like understands him better, even better. Oh yeah, you know, so it's like, not only is this Chewie's friend, you know, but it's like Chewie's only connect, one of his only connections, like the outside world of people who can't speak. <laughs> so so that's, that's my number seven, because like, it, it's just great for so many different reasons and you can't go wrong with it. Anyone who sees it, like either laughs or just like, damn, like, how the hell's Chewie gonna put three P- three PO back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I can. <laughs> all right. So uh, number six for me yep. is uh, Phantom Menace, Obi Wan versus Maul. Ooh. So after Qui Gon um, dies, and Obi Wan is like still stuck in like that laser wall thing, and then it opens. And they just like go at each other so hard. You know what I mean? And like, it's the only time like ever that you see Obi-Wan like pissed. You know what I yeah. mean? Like for the most part, he's like composed even after that. I mean, like, you know, you see him like with a great amount of like sadness, like his character carries a lot of sadness with him. But that is the only time you see him like pissed. Like you and McGregor just like sells it. He, you know, you see him like, you know, in his face and then he's like bouncing up you know, up and down like a boxer before a fight, you know what I mean? Yep. And then the wall opens and they, he runs at him and like the fight, like it's so fast and it's so like perfectly timed and they're both like at their peak, you know what I mean? And they can't land a hit. And even when like one of them gets like kicked, you know, Obi-Wan gets kicked and he does the backflip and he's just like right back in it. Like they can't, you know, until Obi-Wan like chops Maul's lightsaber in half, like there's no they just can't break break through they can't uh you know they can't get through to each other it's just so violent like and so aggressive you know and it's just two young um force users you know at their peak literally um just going at it at like their very best and there's just i don't know that that one scene like when i think of episode one i think about that moment um those few seconds of that really vicious um fight and it's just i don't know it's just so cool it's like the only reason <laughs> there's nothing more than the fact that it's just cool one of the coolest lightsaber fights in in star wars i agreed 100 percent. yeah well the whole fight is like my favorite lightsaber fight oh, yeah. like the whole with the whole thing from beginning to end is like in my opinion the best lightsaber fight in star wars but agreed Agreed. All right. So moving on to, to my number six is another chewy moment. Um, you know, it's love it or hate it. The force awakens did have some good nostalgia into it. Uh, the scene where Han and Chewie finally get the Falcon back 
and mm-hmm. Finn and uh, Ray are hiding on the Falcon. And, you know, mm-hmm. you see, like, an old and tattered, like, Han Solo run back in and he's like, Chewie, we're home. And there's, like, mm-hmm. a five to ten second pause of him just, like, admiring his ship. You know? Yeah. I, I really don't like The Force Awakens. You know, it is Star Wars, so you, you gotta watch it regardless. Um, but that scene gave me, like, such a false hope, but at the same time, like, a, a great sense like i got hit with a nostalgia wave you know like i said mm-hmm. but like we said earlier i had the the simon says millennium falcon like i played with that toy for years like i think i actually played with it up until the point where like it wouldn't work anymore um so you know the falcon holds a really really fond spot in my heart and like obviously han and Chewie also hold a really really like soft spot sure. in my heart so that that part for was, every like, star every wars, star wars fan. fan exactly you know you 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 like him for different reasons. You like him because Han's a scoundrel. You like him because, you know, even though Han's got rough edges, like he's still a really good dude at the end of the day. So, you know, seeing mm-hmm. him like reunited with essentially a family member was huge. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that being said, a lot of the force awakens played off of nostalgia and familiar things, Sure, but just that scene. And that's the only scene from force awakens on, my top tens or, or even like honorable mentions. Um, right. So yeah, that's, that's my number six. All right. So we'll uh, move into the top five. Now Ooh, this is why uh, this is where it gets. <laughs> yeah. This is where it gets real. This is the nitty gritty. The top five for me were like so easy. It was like right off the bat. Like I knew immediately I didn't like want, when we decided to make this list, yeah. I took my phone out and the top five just like came to me. And then, and then six through 10 were, were tough yeah, they were, were some challenge. some scenes yeah it was a little bit harder and uh i had to you know there's some in there and then they got cut and different one got put in and you know things got shifted around and i don't know if they're even like permanent fixtures for me you know they might change you know from one week to the next or something but my top five were so easy that i think they'll be my top five forever so that being said number five and i thought that this would have been higher up the list for me but but it it wasn't when vader picks up palpatine and throws him down the reactor core shaft in return of the jedi like that part every single time for me gives me goosebumps like with you know before a time where they added the no to like the (laughs) you know which i think is like so annoying like it was so you know to me that it doesn't happen like that it happens the way it always happens where he's silent and he's just looking back and forth and you're like you do something what like, you know, are you son. gonna like, yeah are you gonna do anything about this yeah and then like he says nothing and he just, he just picks up Albert. picks him up and the music swells and you're like i'm like screaming internally every single time <laughs> i see it and you're just so happy that like he's killing this like old piece of shit right like, right <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, that scene, uh, the problem is, like, I don't think I own any of the, I feel like the earliest renditions of those, the original trilogies that I owned were the box set that was released in 2003, 2004, so I don't, the DVDs? Yeah, I don't think I had, yeah, that was 2005, then that is the version, is that the version? 
That's the silent. Okay. Yeah, the, yeah. Where he's not saying they changed it for the Blu-ray release. Okay, then yeah, then I don't. I haven't. I've only seen the no maybe two or three times because I don't even. I don't own a Blu-ray player. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, no. That's that scene has. I don't know if it's given me goosebumps, but I remember seeing it as I was really getting into Star Wars, like actually diving into it and being like, wow, like, this is a really tense scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like so. There's so much tension in that scene, like. Just, I would imagine in 1982, I think was when Return of the Jedi came out. I would imagine that that was like a shock for everyone in a theater. And like, I've heard stories from, you know, like our relatives that like the whole theater went nuts when it happened. The people start screaming and cheering. Like, I don't think back then, like the bad, the villain in films was ever made into like the hero very often, yeah. you know? So like to see like our hero of the story, like pretty much not beat the bad guy is, you know, for back then it was probably pretty unique, you know, and, um, it like still holds, holds up. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And probably set some trends, you know, for future of characters in film, you know, uh, that you could take a villain and make him, make him a hero, make him a hero or make him sympathetic. Um, so it's just, it's just a great scene for me. Yeah. All right. Well, like you said, getting the the top five for me was relatively easy. Um, there was a couple things that changed, but it, you know, once I saw certain scenes, I'm like, oh yeah, this is, of course, you know, so one through five are pretty much solidified as, as being my, my top five. Um, number five for me is also a Vader moment, but it's actually the first time we see Vader on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, the the moment of him screaming no um it's actually a very very brief moment where you see burnt Mm -hmm. up anakin as the his mask is being sealed onto his face oh okay i thought you were gonna say when he enters the the tent of v4 no you're talking about like chronologically the first time oh yeah okay um so it's for me like so i actually spent like i said i spent 12 13 hours watching all of the you know prequels and then the trilogy so seeing that scene again like and i remember watching it as a kid and being like holy crap like this is that's gotta be so painful like he's getting stuff drilled yeah. into him like he's now he has to wear a mask he's not able to breathe um and like you can really see on anakin's face just like the sense of just uncertainty and just, just the sheer amount of fear of what's mm-hmm. going to be what's going to become of his life you know from that moment yep. on like his his life really is changed you know yep if hypothetically speaking if you know if obi-wan didn't have the high ground and that duel just ended in a draw or you know anakin killing him not that much would change for anakin with the exception of you know obviously padme being gone but he would mm-hmm. still be he wouldn't be in physical pain constantly you know, he wouldn't be right. inhibited by the technology that is keeping him alive, you know, or in right. you know, the technology that's like keeping him in check. So right. it's one of those things for me, like just that that scene and then the, the sequence that follows will hold such a, a great weight to me. And I, I feel like a lot of Star Wars fans, um, you know, it was one of those things that I vividly remember sitting down in the theater in the Palisades Mall with everybody and just like. I was actually wearing a dark, like I think I was wearing my Darth Vader like stuff 
you know, I'm pretty sure I have like mm-hmm. everything on. So like seeing that in theaters and then watch sitting down and like watching that again, like as I've like grown up and like rewatched these movies countless times, it's like, it's such a good scene. And I think it gets overshadowed by the screaming of the no, like 10 seconds yeah. afterwards. But like, so it's the sequence up until that point, And you just she, like, you see like his sheer, force abilities crushing everything around him yeah just like it, it it's great <laughs> yeah the whole scene kind of um illustrates like what he's feeling what he's going through and he like truly in that moment like he becomes darth vader much earlier in the film but that's the moment where it it like seals it seals the, the deal, deal yeah you know there's like you know maybe somehow there would have been some turning back you know earlier but, but that, that's, that was the, the that's, point. That, yeah. That's yeah. it. Like at that point where they put that suit on him and he realizes like what he's become and realizes what's happened to Padme. Like at, at that point, like all bets are off. He's, he's made decisions that are going to influence the rest of his life. Not only the rest of his life. Yeah. But the rest of like millions of other lives, yeah. you know, for decades, forever, yeah, forever. Like, not even just for decades, like for the, the rest of the, the galaxy exactly. yeah he yeah yeah all right so moving on to number four all right so number four for me uh i talked about it in the first episode of uh our show it's um like one of the earliest moments of uh that i remember from seeing star wars luke's green lightsaber reveal when he uh does the bat, you know, they make him like walk the plank to the Sarlacc pit and he turns around and he flips up and it does a somersault in the air and the lightsaber shoots into his hand and it lights up and we see that green lightsaber for the very first time. And the music like goes off. I like guess, again, it's just like such a cool moment and it's become like so iconic, um, you know, for like every Star Wars fan. I think it's like such a big shock moment. You know, it's another moment where you're like, how's he going to get out of this? And you realize he's, it's been like his plan the whole time almost. Yeah, and captured into Yep, and R2 shoots the lightsaber out and you're like, you know, first time you see it, you're like, well, is this the first lightsaber? Did he get it back? Is it, what, what, you know, and, you know, lands in his hand, it lights up green and you're like, oh, this is a new that's one. different. <laughs> yeah, it's new. And uh, I'm so glad they didn't put like, you, you can see on like the Blu-rays, there's like a deleted scene that they thank god i'm so glad they didn't put it in the movie of him building it it's like the first scene in the movie it was supposed to be the first scene in the movie he's like in a cave and he's like tinkering with the lightsaber and then he turns it on and then he like disignites it and puts it in r2 and it like ruins that whole scene like thank god it wasn't in the movie and they cut it because it would have taken all of the tension out of that scene and uh i'm just you know th- that that scene's just so so good and it had such an effect on me this is a funny story uh it had such an effect on me as a kid that uh when i was young uh but old enough to like know better uh we went to like summer camp and we went to um every day camp would end we would go to like the public pool um and there was a high dive there oh no (laughs) and like we would um you know like it was high we would jump off of it and everything like i'm kind of surprised that i like didn't have fear doing that as a kid 
Um, but we did it all the time. And I remember very vividly like being like, Oh, I want, I want to do like the return of the Jedi thing on the high, off the high dive. My friends are like, Oh, that would be so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I remember like (laughs) went all the way up there and I like walked, you know, got climbed the ladder, got to the top. And I like looked at my friends and did like the salute thing that he does to art. <laughs> like I thought I was so fucking cool. <laughs> like, and then I like walked to the edge and I jumped off and, and like spun around. And I literally tried to grab the diving board. And like, I don't know what in my mind. How you were going to actually do it. <laughs> Like, I have no idea, like, what in my mind made me think I was capable of, like, grabbing the diving board and, like, springing myself up and doing a somersault and landing back, like, on my feet. I have no idea what made me think I was capable of doing this. And the fact that, like, I had really shitty friends, I guess, who were like, yeah, do it. And I, like, like, let myself fall off and I spun around. And when I spun around, I just hit my face on the diving board. And I like fell lifelessly <laughs> from the high dive. I just fell lifelessly from the high dive into the water. And I remember like on my way down, I could hear like lifeguards whistles blowing and people like screaming. <laughs> and like I was fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like I uh I remember like the lifeguards like jumped in after me and like like we got, I got like, I was conscious. I wasn't like knocked out or anything like that, but like I was conscious and like, you know, lifeguards are in there and they like swim me to the edge. I don't know how old I was, was but I was definitely like too old to be doing something. That's like I should have known yeah. better. Yeah. And, um, I must've been in like seventh grade <laughs> based on like <laughs> thinking. <laughs> and I remember like the lifeguard being like, what were you trying to do? Like, what, why would you like, did you get scared? You tried to turn around. Like they thought I was trying to like turn around my, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like trying to back out after I jumped. And they're like, what were you thinking? They're like, the lifeguard was like really mad. And I was like, I was trying to do the thing. I was like crying. <laughs> <laughs> and, I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I was trying to do the thing. From Return of the Jedi. Where Luke Skywalker grabs the diving board and flips himself back up. And like, I remember this like lifeguard who's probably like a 17 year old. <laughs> kid you know what i mean like he was not like a, a man yeah. he was like just you know what i mean like it was probably his summer job he's like a 17 year old kid in hot in retrospect and he's like staring at me for a few seconds and he's like that would have been really cool <laughs> oh my god that's that's amazing i've never heard that before. <laughs> Holy crap. so yeah it uh who was this it was, I don't, uh, Germans. It was called Germans, I think. Um, maybe it wasn't, Germans was like, no. Maybe that was like the name of the school. I don't know. It was, uh, I don't know, like the camp we went to brought us to like this, like, you know, pool every day. And, and there was like, you know, there were two pools. There was like a kiddie pool. There was a main, big, big, big pool. And then there was like the high dive pool that had a high dive. And then like the other half of the pool was like split with buoys. And there was like a, a slide and there was like a huge snack bar. It was like that kind of place. Yeah. And the high dive was like, we all used to do it. And then at one point I just got this like brilliant idea that I was going to, you know, be Luke Skywalker. Yeah. At the public just, like, pool. <laughs> failed miserably. <laughs> Oh man, that's that's great. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. 
So moving on. <laughs> That's my number four. <laughs> All right. So moving on to my number four. Um, the scene's actually one of the ones that got swapped into my top five. Um, it's it's always held a, a good amount of weight for me, but I think this recent rewatch um, is, is kind of what sold it for me. The scene on Kashyyyk where Order 66 is given, not where Yoda does that awesome jump around and spin and, and cut off both of the clones' heads, but when he mm-hmm. feels it happening, like he can feel it through the force and his cane drops. You know, and he hears mm-hmm. like the cl- the uh, his his Jedi, like his family, yeah. being slaughtered all around the universe. Is yeah, it's such a it's a quick scene, but it it is you can see on Yoda's face like just how much pain he's in, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of those things that like I think when Revenge of the Sith came out, I was a little too young to really understand the the gravity of the situation, but like this recent time, a recent, recent rewatch, and then the few times I've watched it since, or the couple, not few, multiple times I've watched it since it's starting to, you know, it's grown on me to really understand what was going on. And the fact that, mm-hmm. like, you know, he's visibly distraught is, mm-hmm. you know, you don't see Yoda distraught in yeah. any other scene and any times he's on screen. Um, so it's it's yeah he holds it together yeah. pretty much all the oh, time yeah because you know like you said uh, on yesterday's episode you know Yoda knows it is what it is you know he can mm-hmm. he does what he can but if it doesn't pan out he knows there's something greater at the end of the tunnel that there's something going to be happening right um, so yeah that that's my number four all right yeah definitely that whole montage oh, yeah. of um, Order sixty six for a lot of people, I think is a, um, favorite moment. You know, it's like so highly emotional. I remember like my mom crying in the theater while it was happening. Yeah. I also remember that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. But yeah, that's uh, that's my number four, you know, and then I think it, you know, it holds a, a very deep weight for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, all right, uh, we're down to the top three. This is, uh, yeah, this is really getting, getting real. The, uh, <clears throat> A New Hope. Okay. The trench run when Han Solo returns to help Luke. Um, you know, like, you have Vader about to shoot him down, and then all of a sudden, like, the TIE fighter next to him blows up, and he's like, what? And then it has that shot of there's like a huge lens flare and the Falcon just shoots at the camera, you know, just flies at the camera and you have Han do the cheer, you know, and, uh, and you realize like, Oh my God. And then the tie fighter, the other tie, the surviving tie knocks Vader out of the way. And, you know, and Han says, you know, you're all clear kid. Let's blow this thing and go home and allows Luke to make the shot that destroys the death star. Like that scene, every single time, I see it. I want to like start cheering. Like every time it catches me off guard, it's like, I forget it's going to happen every single time. And I've seen the movie probably like thousands of times. And every single time it, it, it gets you, it catches you oh, off yeah. guard. Yeah. It gets you like the, the scene is so tense that the music is like so tense and like, so everything is so drastic and you're, it's another moment where you're like, 
how is he, what is he going to do? How's he, how's Luke going to pull this off? And Luke doesn't pull it off really. You know, Han's the only one to save the day. Yeah. He's the hero. And, um, and you're just like every single time I'm like, you know, what? And, you know, I know it's going to, it's coming. Like I, I get goosebumps every single time I see it, you know, and, uh, you know, bigger, uh, outlook on it you know han and han it's when we that, that that's the moment where we see who han solo truly is right you know um before that he's just like this greedy he's a scoundrel who's he's yeah he's out for himself you know he's gonna take his money and run and you don't you know know what he's gonna do and then in that moment you see like this is not a bad guy this is you know he doesn't come back to save the rebellion he comes back to he save comes luke. back to save luke you know, like he made a friend in that, you know, adventure they went on, you know, and it's almost that's the moment where like Luke becomes his little brother. You know what I right. mean? Where he's like, I got to go. I got to go save the kid. Him. I got to go stick up for him. Yeah. And <clears throat> it, it just, you know, it's such a defining moment in Han's character, um, aside from the fact that it's just such an s- exciting moment. So uh, that's number three for me. Well, Rich, I can't believe that this happened and that that's your number three because it's actually also mine. Is it actually? We actually got (laughs) Um, Yeah, so for pretty much the same reasons that you you stated, but also for the fact that, like, think about it this way. If Han took the money and ran, right, Mm -hmm. he'd go and he'd pay off Jabba. We wouldn't Mm -hmm. see him get captured by boba in Mm -hmm. empire you know he wouldn't Mm -hmm. be frozen in carbonite like it is Mm -hmm. not only is it such a defining moment in han's character but it also sets in motion things that happen in in empire strikes back yeah well it's kind of a sacrifice for him right like because he sticks around right if he didn't you know if he followed his plan you know him and chewie would be halfway across the galaxy back on Tatooine paying off Jabba and then he'd be playing Sabacc like with whoever, yeah. you know, and that would be the end of it. We'd never see Han again. You know, that scene of him coming back and just like him cheering, like you said, like I, I know it's coming, you know, it's one of those scenes like, mm-hmm. you know, it's there, you've seen it thousands of times, but just like, and I never really thought about the, the, the little brother aspect of it. I always thought of it as like, that's now one of his best friends, you know, like they've been in a yep. trash compactor together, you know, like, He's seen this kid go from a farm boy to now being, you know, one of the rebellion's leading pilots who mm-hmm. is really the the rebellion's like best shot at, yeah. at what what they're trying to achieve. Um, mm-hmm. So that scene always, you know, like you said, like I always just want to cheer. Like if I'm drinking a beer, like I'll just like raise my beer up as Han comes <laughs> back. Um, it's it's such a good scene, and you know, it's it's like it's I'm sure it's a bunch of other people's favorite scenes or top three scenes. But for me, it's like, it reminds me a lot of like, you know, getting bullied at school and like having like those friends come back, like, Hey, like leave the kid alone, you know, like yeah. that type of thing. So it, it like, it holds weights on different levels, but it, it's such a good scene. And, you know, uh, honestly, I might just watch re or rewatch new hope later today, specifically to see that scene. <laughs> just to see that moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's amazing. I honestly was not expecting us to have any scenes. I, I, yeah, <laughs> especially as we were going down the list, I was like, I don't think, uh, 
These are wildly different. Yeah. I don't think we're going to have any of these on the same the same list. That's, that's pretty that's crazy. Wild. Absolutely wild. All right. Well, now we're on. We're really in the 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 finishes right here. But I, I've never been more nervous to reveal my next two than I am right. now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I guess uh, I'll I'll. Uh start and follow the format here a little bit um so number two for me was yoda lifting the x-wing from the swamp in empire strikes back uh so you know this is where we again it's another moment in empire we learn so much about the force in empire um and i think like like whenever i see someone on like a forum on facebook or on the internet and says something like questioning, like, can, is this really possible? Can someone do this? You know, is, uh, you know, it's questioning power, questioning the force, questioning someone's ability or something. I'm always like, my comment is always just like, go watch Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Because we learned so much about like all of it from Yoda, like just in how he teaches Luke and shows Luke talks about what the force truly is. Um, and to see, him tell luke like yeah go ahead and lift that thing out of the swamp and you're like what is he nuts like it's a huge ship like how is luke supposed to be able to do it and it's the whole size matters not thing and then you just see like luke you know can't do it he fails at doing it and then um you know yoda you know telling him like it's not possible and stuff like that and yoda's just like yeah it's not possible okay watch this (laughs) yeah watch this and then he just does it like so easy and you're like oh my god like you just realize like how powerful the force like is and how like what you again like what you can do with it like it's not just pulling a lightsaber out of the snow either it's just you know like you can accomplish anything with it you know and again like the music you know i keep talking about the music music is such a big part of star wars it's almost like another character you know um the music is swelling it's got that um mystical type of like wizard e type of um it's almost like a theme that could be in lord of the rings or something you know what i mean like it's a magical type of um score um and Yoda lifts it up and Luke gets up and he's like touching it. Like he, he can't believe the X-Wing is in front of him on, on dry land. Um, and you know, and he tells Yoda that I don't, I don't believe it. You know, Yoda says, that's why you fail. Right. You know, and for Yoda, like he's so far ahead of like everybody else. It's, you know, it's just such a huge moment in, uh, in star Wars. I love it. Well, no, it's, it's definitely a, a great scene, but you know, I think, I think you're going to be a little blown away by my next two. Uh, okay. So I'm going back to the prequels for scene number two. Uh, okay. And it's another one from Revenge of the Sith. Um, seeing the Mustafar duel for the first time. Mm-hmm. That, you know, there's a couple of different campy moments, like the scene where they're both mm-hmm. hanging off of cables and swinging back and mm-hmm. fighting each other. That aside... Uh, <laughs> that like one minute sequence that aside um, you know it really for me I, I remember seeing that scene and I remember like my mom sitting next to me and I think you were like either you or like your brother it might even honestly it might even have been like yeah I don't I don't remember if we saw Revenge of the Sith together on opening we did. night I don't remember I, I do remember that um, we did 
the only we did or we, we did, did not we did really? yeah that. it was in the the theater right in between that restaurant in the palisades mall and then like the string of like stores that never really sold it was i'm pretty sure we saw it in the imax no we definitely didn't see it in imax i know that for a fact huh. i know the theater you're talking about it was lowe's lowe's theater i just don't I don't remember I think like, we being there. I, I remember like my sister having to go to the bathroom. Yeah, so bad. I also remember like, that she was. A, yeah, she was a child and like she was so young. She had to pee so bad, and it was right before that happened. And she kept like turning to my mom, and my mom was like, <laughs> "I was like, I've waited years <laughs> to see Obi Wan Kenobi <laughs> fight Anakin Skywalker. You have to wait." <laughs> I remember like feeling no, so I, bad like, for my sister. She was such. She was so yeah, young. She probably shouldn't have even been there. I think we. So I'm a, a year older than, or I was a year older than Michelle. So I think I was. When did that movie come out? Two thousand five. Two thousand six. Yeah. yeah. So I was in like sixth grade when that movie came mm-hmm. out. So your sister was in like she was still in elementary school when that yeah. movie was <laughs> like a thing. Um. But yeah, no, like, I remember, like, just watching that and, like, my mom just being blown away and just, like, me just being blown away and then watching it again, like, years, like, for years afterwards and just be like, wow, this is really cool. And it didn't click with me until, like, a year, two years ago, where uh-huh. the reason, the only reason that Obi-Wan won the duel was because of Anakin's arrogance and just, like, feeling that he's more like, you know, feeling that he's more powerful than Obi-Wan. Like if they were still on Mm -hmm. the same like level, you know, and still Obi-Wan didn't have the high ground, that fight would have went on (laughs) for, you know, 15, 20 more minutes. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about that is that I think, um, I think it's less like who is more powerful because I think Anakin is more powerful, but Obi-Wan has the experience on Anakin. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason why he's the master and Anakin is the apprentice. You know, and Vader, you know, Anakin learned that lesson like a very hard way and then actually is mature enough to like acknowledge it, you know, when they come face to face again in A New Hope. You know, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I'm the master, you know, like, and Obi Wan taught him that lesson in a very <laughs> messed up way, chopping off two of his legs and letting him burn, <laughs> you know, and letting him burn, you know, which. He didn't want to do, but it happened. Had to be, um, unfortunately, it had to be yeah, done. It, yeah, and um, so I think it gets chalked up more to Obi Wan just had the experience and the know how and the maturity of you know because Obi Wan struggled, dude. Like Anakin's kicking his ass like that whole fight. Think about it. Like that fight for me like goes on way too long. I don't know. Like when it came out, it was the longest fight scene in cinema history, and I think it still holds that title. I, I think it does but, too. Um, like once they get out of that control room it gets kind of crazy for me um you know once they start like involving all the elements and they're swinging around and they're like jumping like all over the place um it uh, it starts to like i'm like this is like too much but when, when they're on the landing platform fighting and they make their way down that hallway and anakin's like just pushing him back and like they focus in on like obi wans face and he's like gritting his teeth he's really struggling to keep up with um, Anakin's ability um, and I think the only reason why he's able to is because he knows his apprentice so well you know like if that any other, if that were any other Jedi they would have been they would have been done uh, pretty yeah yeah pretty I mean, hard like, to, you know, Anakin, you know, to, to really 
hold their own if they could even hold their own if they could i mean they probably couldn't i mean like we know anakin you know like took out many jedi in the temple in hand-to-hand combat and that's after fighting god knows how many you know so um you know obi-wan struggled greatly and i think the only reason he won was like you said anakin's arrogance and he had the experience that anakin didn't have because anakin is definitely um from a perspective like definitely more gifted in the ways of the force but obi-wan has had more experience with it and more experience more years of training and um he's just a little bit more fine-tuned than anakin and he let anakin know that in that fight oh yeah at the end oh yeah all right yeah he warns him you know, he's like, don't try it, right? There's that scene where it's like, it's kind of corny, you know, it's like a meme, but, but it's, true it's got that like that close-up of, that close-up of Obi-Wan. He's almost pleading with Anakin, don't try it. He's like asking well, him, yeah, because you know, it, Like he said, that he, he was his brother, you know, like he doesn't want to do what he knows he has to do. But it's, yeah. so it, it, you're right. It, it very much is a plead for, you know, him to, for once, like just stop being so arrogant and to like not, pretty much seal the deal on what Annie, what Obi-Wan has to do to like make sure that this doesn't continue. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. All right. Well, the, exactly. the moment of truth, number one star Wars moment. <laughs> yep. This was like so easy for me. Uh, like I think I've known this since forever. And uh, as soon as we said we were going to do this, like this scene is what popped into my head or this part is what popped into my head. Um, Return of the Jedi. I am a Jedi like my father before me. Best scene, best moment in any Star Wars movie for me, hands down. It defines everything about like what Star Wars is about. You know, Mm -hmm. like you have Luke Skywalker facing, you know, he, he beats down Vader and he has the moment of realization where he, is just like his dad and then he's standing in front of like the ultimate villain in the universe you know like the worst person ever the emperor and throws his lightsaber away throws the only defense he has away to the side and says i'm never turning the dark side i'm a jedi like my father before me and when you start luke's journey all the way through you know he has all these people telling him that he's just like Anakin Skywalker, you know, um, a new hope they're telling, you know, um, uh, um, uncle Owen on Aunt Beru, you know, Beru says to him to, to Owen, you know, he has too much of his father in him, you know, and Owen, you know, that, yeah, that's what I'm afraid of empire, um, Yoda, you know, I can't teach him. Um, he has no patience. Uh, there's a lot of anger in him, uh, just like his father, um, and then Return of the Jedi, the Emperor, you know, you, like your father, are now mine. You know, like, he has all of these people telling him quite cruelly and meanly <laughs> that he's just like he's, his dad. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like his dad and he's going to be just like his dad. And that's kind of like what Star Wars is about. You know, I, from the prequels to the originals to the sequels, the one constant theme in all of it is you choose who you are. And in that moment, Luke says you know what maybe i am maybe i am just like my father but i'm like this version of him you know this is the trait that i'm going to 
to adopt and really hone in on to, yeah to adopt exactly like i'm a jedi like him i'm i'm the friend that obi-wan that he was to obi-wan kenobi i'm the i'm the noble um warrior that was in the clone wars that was a war hero i'm you know it, it's just so it encompasses everything star wars is about to me and like it's such a huge moment in his character like in that moment he could have killed vader and he could have attacked the emperor but he said no i am like he throws his lightsaber away and says i will die a jedi if you you know i, I won't join you i won't be you know I'm not going to fail where he failed. I'm, I'll die a Jedi if I have to die here. You know, yeah. it's, I, it's just like, to me, best, best moment in Star Wars. Probably. I don't think any moment will ever be better than that. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, I can very much see why that's your top 10. You know, it is, like you said, it's a lot of the story of up until that point is telling him how much of a bad person his dad was, you know, like, Mm-hmm. how aggressive he was, how like arrogant he was. And like the fact that he made the choice, like, you know what? Yeah, I am. I'm very much like my dad, but I'm not going to turn into Vader. Like I'm going to use right. everything that I have to do what I need to do without succumbing to the same fate as my father. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's such a, a great scene, but you know, it's unfortunately, I, it's not my top, my top scene or my top moment. Uh, <laughs> my top moment though is a Vader scene. Um, and this, when I saw this scene for the first time, it was, I knew from like going forward that for me personally, there could be no scene like it uh, that could hold mm-hmm. such a, such a weight. And it is, in my opinion, one of the best hallway fight scenes out of any cinematic thing I've I've seen in my entire life. And it is Vader slaughtering rebels, trying <laughs> to get the Death Star plans back. Like, yeah, I can't like, I, I remember calling you afterwards and like talking about it. Cause it, like for this, this, that scene, that entire segment, like just seeing mm-hmm. rebels pleading for their lives like <laughs> was stuck in my head for days. Like, I think I saw yeah. Rogue One, like, a few times specifically for that scene. Just for that yeah, moment. Yeah, because it wasn't on YouTube yeah. yet because no one was, like... It kept, it kept getting, getting taken, taken down. down. Like, I remember hunting for yeah. that scene. and, like, yeah. just making, like... It, it was, like, nothing, it was nothing to him. Like, he, it was just literally right. just another day at the office, but it was the first time yeah. we see him, like, post-Revenge of the Sith on mm-hmm. screen and just like wrecking wrecking shit. and he's like shiny and new and like he's <laughs> just like this massive force like he you know yeah. in suit he's like six six you know and they he's yeah maybe more. maybe more probably more you know and he's just destroying these rebels and there's that scene where like the guy is like ironically enough like casually knocking at the glass screaming help me like he's not yeah. even banging he's just like it's terrifying yeah. And like he gets like the rebel manages to get the you know the plans through the door to his friends and just like seeing him get impaled and the door like sliding open like and like Vader just you know using the force to slide the door open, watching the blade like continue to just stay the door. The rebel body drops and then he runs out. And I vividly remember seeing like that scene where he's standing on the the platform of the ship 
And for like a couple mm-hmm. of seconds, I was like, there's going to be, we're going to see a Starkiller scene here. We're going to see and like Vader grab, grab the, ship. the ship. And like, if but he, he doesn't. doesn't, he doesn't. <laughs> but like, you know, even even though we didn't get that scene, you know, and I'm, I'm sure I wasn't the only one that thought of that. Like if we just mm-hmm. see like that level of yeah i thought the same thing that he would somehow try it or slow it down i thought i thought he was gonna do it and then it was gonna shoot to hyperspace but which would have been sick like yeah and i would have believed it if vader was able to do it i didn't quite believe it when ray was able to do it sorry i I agree if you know i would have believed it if i saw vader do it and the ship was like struggling and then it blasted hyperspace but but that for me has been like the the scene that really just not defined Star Wars for me, but it it is my favorite moment because there's no dialogue. Like he doesn't, and I think that's what like makes it even more sinister and just like holy crap is Vader doesn't say anything. The only thing you hear is his respirator and then his lightsaber ignite. That's the only noise we hear out of Vader. <laughs> like, and it's yeah. it's just like I the the hairs on my back, of my neck stood up. I saw that with my buddy Andrew. And I think we both had like what the fuck moments. <laughs> yeah, like I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think everybody. You know, I remember the theater being like just noises coming out of people. I remember, like, I vividly remember that because I was not expecting it yeah. at all. Oh yeah, and you know, like we've never seen him in that capacity outside of like comics and things like that. You know, you don't see it from the original trilogy. They didn't have the technology really to like probably develop a suit that he can move fast enough in and you know filmmaking was different back then it wasn't quite designed for moments like that so like i remember seeing that and like me being like oh my god oh my god like i was vocally just like in shock and i remember ashley being like like she was laughing because i was like my mouth was agape and i was just like i I wanted to see this and so i was only yeah i've only ever imagined a segment like oh, this. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean, like, I think my friend Andrew and I were the only people in the theater that could even talk or even like get mm-hmm. words out of their mouth. You know, so everyone was in shock and like, you know, yeah, we we both enjoyed the movie, but I remember like us driving back to you know the apartment building we were living in, and I was like, dude, like, there's there's nothing. There's not. We're not going to see anything like that ever again. We're never going to see Vader mm-hmm. do this. You know, like this, this is the one shot that we'll see of him slow, like showing his capabilities on, yeah. on screen. So that, that for me was just that was it. Like that was the once we knew that we were doing this list, I was like, yep, got my I got my top one. Like that's that's my number one. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Wow. Well, it's pretty, uh, pretty crazy. We only had we only had one that matched. Right. And it was oddly the same. It fell in the same spot on our list, but everything else was like wildly different. We didn't have, yeah, I, mean, I thought maybe, I thought maybe like my number nine would be your number three, your my number, you know, your number six would be my number four. But no, we, uh, we, were, you we know, had two totally different. Oh, yeah. We were wildly all over the place. Was, and uh, you know what? I think it, it does make sense because I, I vivid, like for me, like, yeah, I the earliest memory I have of the trilogies is just like that one scene of R two and three PO on Tatooine. Um, mm-hmm. And for you, you've been watching the original trilogy for years more than I was, you know. So it's mm-hmm. like it makes sense that I have a little more like prequel, 
prequel episodes on my top 10. Yeah. Um, and I figured you would. Oh, yeah. I went into it thinking you would. I actually said to Joe, I have a feeling Nick's going to have a lot of prequel stuff and I'm not gonna. And I mean, the, the only prequel moment I had was um, number 10, right? Number 10. And then I had number nine as a sequel moment. And I, I would kind of surprise myself in a way that those even fell on my list. You know, oh no, number six was a prequel moment for me, the Obi-Wan and Maul. But yeah, yeah, I, I'm just, uh, like, besides the the Chewie were home scene, like I really didn't think I was going to have too many of the sequel. I honestly didn't think I was going to have any of the sequel moments on there, you know, and I'm not counting mm-hmm. Solo or Rogue One as sequels because they're, you know, they're Star Wars story films. You know, it's a it's a one off, right. um, you know, I thought I was going to have more of the original trilogies on here but like you know what it's for me just the fact that you know what i had held such weight you know Mm -hmm. it was it was nice but yeah i mean honorable mentions i mean the only one that i can really think of that you know i wrote down and i'm sure i'll think of more as we get into it but (laughs) the chewy and han uh meeting each other and escaping the the pit that mm-hmm. was pretty cool to really see like how the life deck gets into pay, like comes into play. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I didn't think about that one. That's a great scene. Yeah, too. That was really cool. Um, you know, <laughs> there's like one line in the, oh, fuck, what is it? Phantom Menace where I, th- I always think it's young Greedo, but it's not, it's just like another <laughs> member of his species. But no, it is young is Greedo. Young Greedo? Oh, yeah. cool. All right. So that yeah, because there's a scene where Anakin is like beating him up. It's a deleted scene. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's why fight. I was gonna, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. It is little Greedo. Um, where he's it's either him or like one of the other like Tatooine kids. Like, oh, that's so wizard Annie. Like, it just it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it just cracks me up every time I see it. Uh, and someone commented on our, I think it's your friend Tom commented on our Instagram the other day with saying that's wizard. And it it's just so like made wizard. me yeah, laugh hysterically. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it doesn't make sense. They never meant like he's no one ever says that again. <laughs> no, it, it's so bizarre. It's, like out of place. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention now Tom is going to be, uh, overly excited that we've mentioned him twice in this podcast so he you can uh you can make a big deal of it tom that you've been brought up twice now in this one he made a very big deal that he was brought up in (laughs) the first episode and i even heard uh from his wife that you know he he had to point out to her hey this is it this is where richie mentions me (laughs) so you can you can (laughs) you have two two moments to be excited for now in this uh in this um in this podcast episode yeah we'll keep a a tom count every time we mention tom Tom count yeah (laughs) tom count three he's at three three right now tom i'm sure he'll be brought up more um but yeah um i mean let's see the the scene of the speeder bikes on a in return of the jedi when they're uh you know they're like trying to get to the the base that was pretty cool that's like one of those things that was fascinating for me because it was another ship that like we never saw before it was sweet Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah what about you honorable mentions honorable mentions obviously i am your father oh yeah right um it's it it's a scene everybody knows right and it's been like spoofed a million times it people think of star wars that's what they think of um it didn't make it to my top 10 because it it just i think it's so so, yeah it's so overplayed at this point like yeah, it's not that it's overplayed, but it's like 
I was like, there's just moments that resonate with me so much more. And I was going to make it my number 10 just to make it my number 10 and put it on my list. But I was like, I can't do that. I'm going to do a disservice to these scenes. I truly love. But so obviously I am your father. Um, the scene, the opening scene of a new hope when the stormtroopers attack the Tanta V4 Mm -hmm. and they, uh, you know, stormtroopers get a bad rap, man. You know, they get a bad rap about being inaccurate and never being able to hit their targets when really they only miss the heroes when you think about it. I mean, like they make pretty short work of those rebels at the beginning of a new hope, you know? And, um, that scene is just like very scary. Like <laughs> when you think about it, well, yeah, you know, like, and they're it's, like it's burning through the door, burning through the door. It's the establishing shot of two factions at war. You know, it's like, and mm-hmm. like if you think about that for a moment, it's like, Oh, that's, that's kind of disheartening. And then just seeing these yeah. rebels that like, you can pretty much tell that they're the good guys getting shot down <laughs> and, and yeah. just being mowed down. I mean, good guys for a certain point of view, depending on how you, you view the rebels. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's a phenomenal scene in general. Yeah, uh, and then a couple others I had that I'll just go through real quick was um, Force Ghosts in Episode Six in Jedi when he looks off and he sees um, you know his dad and Obi Wan and Yoda um, standing there like you know proudly <laughs> and uh, you know love that scene um, the "You Are My Brother" speech from Revenge of the Sith. Um, is a fan favorite a lot of people love and um any scene with the wampa obviously yeah i mean we are the wampa diaries so you know yeah i mean he gets his arm chopped off he gets no respect so type f in the comment section of uh, <laughs> this podcast for respect yeah for, for the wampa I mean, it's funny who like, is now has one arm and probably won't be able, won't be able to, write. to feed himself yeah can't write he has to learn how to write in his diary with his non-dominant with hand. His non-dominant hand, and probably can't hunt or feed himself. I mean, you know, after with the exception this. of the cut scene where there's like multiple wampas attacking the base, maybe he's got a family of wampas. Who knows? We'll never know. The deleted scene. We need to find the deleted scene. Yeah, of all the wampas. Uh, I'm like that really bad scene. I'm pretty sure I have it somewhere. Do you know what I, I'm talking about? Exactly what you're. It's on about. YouTube. Yeah, we'll find it. We. We got to share it to the page oh, yeah. because uh, it's so bad. It's terrible. I'm so glad that, yeah, it's like all those wampa suits. You know how much money those wampa suits probably cost to oh, make I, back I then? I guarantee you they were not cheap. <laughs> yeah. For like a scene that got cut that was just like so random and weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Why were they in there? I think they were just like. They broke in or something? Yeah, they broke in or just like. No. So what it, what it was was. Oh man, I haven't seen this scene in years, but I'm pretty sure for people who don't know what we're talking about, there's a there's a deleted scene in Empire Strikes Back where um Wampa is like break into Echo Base on Hoth and um as they're escaping 3PO like opens uh there's a there's a door with a sign that says like warning or something because the Wampas are in there. And 3PO like rips it off the door. Yeah, he rips the, storm the sign off the door. Yeah, rips the sign off the door. And then the stormtroopers run in there and like the Wampas grab them and they start screaming. And like it's really corny <laughs> and like super 80s. Um, and, it, and it's in its deleted scene. I mean, so like, for people don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> if it wasn't done badly, that'd be the one good thing that 3PO has ever done. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> slick. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, like this sign. Wampas don't exist, you know, like that yeah, type of thing. Fuck this sign. No one, yeah, needs, no one needs this shit. 
Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, so go do yourself a favor. We'll, we'll share it to the Facebook page. Um, but if you're in a rush, just YouTube it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's hysterical because it's so bad. Um, yeah. So yeah, happy May the 4th. Uh, I hope that you guys are watching your favorite Star Wars movie or, you know, honestly, any, any start taking in any Star Wars content that truly brings you happiness. Uh, yeah. Yep. So this, uh, this for anybody who hasn't figured it out, you know, this episode is pre-recorded. So we're recording this on Sunday. So we, uh, don't know, you know, what kind of surprise material is going to be released for May the 4th. We know, like we mentioned in, uh, Sunday's podcast, you know, we've got the final episode of Clone Wars, the Star Wars gallery, um, the Mandalorian documentary series. Um, we've got, you know, loads of, um, you know, loads of, of deals on any, on Star Wars merchandise, things like that. Um, but I'm sure that there's going to be, um, some surprises. Oh, yeah. you know? I'm crossing my fingers for a season two Mandalorian trailer today, um, or tomorrow, you know, so everyone, when they're listening to this might already know whether we get it or not, but, um, you know, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to see. I mean, I don't know. Unfortunately, I have to go to work during the day tomorrow. I'm not working from home. Um, like a lot of people right now. So I will have to go to work and, but as soon as, uh, you know, I am going to be a clock watcher tomorrow probably. And I will probably be running out of there to come home and experience the last episode of Clone Wars and hopefully watch, uh, you know, some of the Mandalorian series, um, documentary, you know, on top of anything else that goes on. Um, I don't know how you plan on celebrating. Yeah. I mean, I, Fortunately, well, not fortunately, because I do miss working in the office. Uh, I get to work from home tomorrow. Uh, but once I hit 12 o'clock for my lunch break, I'm pretty much just going to be going straight to, you know, StarWars.com or, you know, just going onto their Facebook and seeing if anything's been released um, that, you know, whether we see a trailer or, you know, they release what series they're working on after Mando, mm-hmm. like officially, you know, that'll be cool, um, yep. you know. Anything that comes out, we'll share to the pages and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, um, oh, yeah. you know, so you guys can always keep uh, keep an eye out on our Instagram and our Facebook page. Uh, go over there and, uh, you know, follow us. And we'll be sharing uh, probably a lot of stuff tomorrow that that uh, that we see that we that we enjoy. Um, and why don't you tell them a little bit about what else they're going to be getting? Not from Lucasfilm, oh, right. but from Wampa Diaries so tomorrow. We... Rich and I do this thing where wherever we watch, you know, an episode or, you know, a movie that just released, we call each other and we talk about what just happened. Um, we've been doing that a lot with Clone Wars. So our idea was to Facebook live stream us talking about the last episode of Clone Wars and just May the 4th in general um, on Facebook. So if you follow us on Facebook at The Wampa Diaries, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will be doing a Facebook live stream. It's probably only going to be about, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, maybe might run a little bit longer. Um, from that, we're going to rip the audio out of it. And then, you know, you can kind of rewatch or re-listen to it at your leisure, but we're, we're really excited for that. Uh, you can actually interact with us and comment on things and, and tell us your thoughts. And we're really excited to, to hear from you guys and to really have a discussion with you guys and your thoughts on Clone Wars and, and how they wrapped up the, this part or this saga of you know star wars so yeah 8 p.m eastern standard time and our facebook at the wampa diaries 
if you can't tune in, don't worry. We're going to make sure we have a, a copy of it and we'll post it to our Facebook and figure out a way to get it yep. on our Instagram. Yep. And hopefully we'll be able to get even a few people in there. I mean, you know, our uh, following is actually building at a pretty cool rate, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll get some, uh, you know, people in there. Hopefully we can interact with everybody and we'll all talk about it as a, um, you know, discussion. And, uh, you know, so like Nick said, eight o'clock, if you're not doing anything or you want to tune in for half an hour and see our ugly mugs while we talk about star Wars, then, um, then, you know, just log right on to Facebook and we'll have the live feed going. You guys will be able to comment and type. And, you know, even if it's just a few people, it'll be fun. And it'll be a um, fun way to just share, you know, um, star Wars day with, with everybody. Um, so definitely looking forward to that tonight at, um, 8 p.m. Eastern, eight, 8 o'clock. Yeah. Yep. And uh, hopefully we can get the Tom count up to maybe four or five by tomorrow. Uh, you know, <laughs> yep. this doesn't count. This doesn't count as a. Ah, all right. All right. Number. Well, talking about the Tom count. So, so, so he's at three. He's at three. Valid. So, all right. Well, yeah, we're look forward to talking to you guys tonight at 8 p.m. And yeah, this was a great episode, Rich. I'm still glad that we had at least one that, you know, corresponded together. And I'm. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Um, before I jumped on, I was talking to Joe and he was very um, eager to tell me his top moment. So I'll share it on the show. I did offer for him to come on, but um, he's a piece of shit. My brother is a piece of shit. Well, so uh, he's not here, but his top moment he told me was um, the end of Empire Strikes Back when they're on the uh, the Nebula and B frigate the medical frigate right. and they're looking out at the galaxy oh, that's like my least and favorite shot is it it's weird i don't know what it is i just like i don't what do you have against that shot i don't know something about it like i think it's because like it, it leaves on such a somber note like han's gone like he doesn't think it's somber i think it's like somber too he's like oh they're on the ship and everybody's okay and i'm like they're not okay, okay. han solo is literally <laughs> fucking carbonite Aren't han's like, carbonite Lan- like lando just lando's wearing it like lando raided his closet yeah. He's wearing Han's like he's wearing Han's clothes. Exactly. Luke he's just off, gone off to yeah, save him. Luke just lost but, his arm. Know, like it, it's a special moment for Joe. He said he they're all he's like, they're all okay. They got out of there. And I'm like, that's fucking I don't know. I wish he was on the show so I we could debate. Yeah. Because it was um it's like bizarre to me. Your brother's got a weird nobody's okay weird perspective on on the Star Wars universe and the lives of our beloved characters. <laughs> What a weirdo. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll see you guys tonight at 8 p.m. <laughs> We're excited to talk to you, and uh, we hope you are too. Yeah, absolutely. See everybody tonight, and may the 4th be with you. Always. <laughs> <laughs>